And Jasmine, we are back with another episode. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Can't complain. How was your weekend? Uh, good. We had a nice long weekend this weekend. You know, the episodes episodes coming out today. We're recording in the same day, which is mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> but nice long weekend, which was great. You know, stretched the legs a little bit, relaxed a little bit. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? It was great. We uh, saw the Ravens play on Sunday. Very cool. Really nice. Yeah. They won, which we're happy about. That's always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Our friends at the Raven, they at the Ravens, they 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 come by, they hang out with us, they they do great things for us. So it's mm-hmm. really nice to see them win. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice. Um, so we're in October, obviously, and uh, we got a lot of great things happening in October. You know, Halloween's coming up mm-hmm. at the end of the month. If you watched our last town hall, the commander said it's going to be on October 31st. We're going to do it on Halloween, Mm -hmm. you know, our trick-or-treating and all that stuff, which, you know, we talked about this about our social media stuff. Some people were happy about giving, being given a choice, which was odd. Mm -hmm. Some people were unhappy about being given a choice. It was about 50-50. It was (laughs) 50-50, yeah. But an overwhelming majority wanted it on October 31st. Mm -hmm. So so that's what the commander did, which was great. So make sure you have lots of candy for your trick-or-treaters. Exactly, exactly. People are going to decorate their houses. Mm-hmm. I think Corvius is doing their, their house their house decorating contest mm-hmm. again, which is going to be pretty cool. Yeah. October's, October's all over the place, though, because yeah. it's also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Right. And we'll actually have uh, the family, family advocacy um, representative here on our next episode yes. to talk about intimate partner violence. Yes. Which is a very important topic. Very important. Very important. And and we try to highlight stuff like this every time one of those months comes up. We try to get an expert in and talk with them and, and share that information. It doesn't matter how many times, you know, that month comes up. We do it again because it's important to get the information out. It's important people hear it. You never know when it might help that one person who needs help. Right. You know, so that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that episode, mm-hmm. which also kind of ties into next month. Coon Hall is finally opening. Yeah. So that's it's really a nice. It's long time coming. Yes. Over yes. a decade. So. <laughs> <laughs> we've had we've had a lot of commanders come in and go and try to make this see this vision come to f- fruition. So it's mm-hmm. really nice that we're finally going to be able to take the the tape off and and open the doors. But we do have the resiliency portals all throughout the installation. I think right. there's eleven, mm-hmm. and they're they're in all kinds of places. We have them in the in the in the P, in the PX. There's one definitely in the PX. There's one that's going to be in Coon Hall, and there's I think one in the bowling alley. I have to check on. That I have one. to check on that one. I yeah. think the but but there's several and. But- We'll definitely find those and we'll post those. Mm-hmm. You can start tapping into those resources right now. Actually, exactly. Through those kiosks. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that you're going to be able to find at Coon Hall, you'll be able to get some of that stuff through the kiosks, mm-hmm. which is really great. So don't be afraid to tap on the screen and, and, and learn some stuff or find some stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there. And um, yeah, so this is going to be a great month. we got a lot of great things. On this episode, we're talking with the NCR recruiting team. Mm-hmm. With the Warren Officer Program, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. It was really cool. So, uh, yeah, let's take it away. Welcome, Chief Metals. Glad to have you here today. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself in terms of your background, um, some of the experience you bring as a recruiter? Absolutely. Well, I am Chief Warren Officer for Fatima Nettles. I hail from the National Capital Region, where I'm actually recruiting at, which is very unique. I joined the military 23 years ago as a land combat electric missile systems repair. That sounds funny. So we just Mm -hmm. say in-flight missile repair. 
I started off as an E1. And 23 years later, I'm a Chief Warrant Officer 4 doing the same thing at a you know grander scope. But I've enjoyed it for the last 23 years. Even the complexity of it when I first came in and like, what did I just do? It just grew on me. And um, it's, as well as everything else that I have experienced in the military. And uh, I am now a recruiter in the National Capital Region. So I can touch and reach those in my own hometown to make the same decisions that I make that I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, Chief, as as a prior as prior army, it is almost like catching a unicorn in a net having you on the show with us today. There's a lot of young service members out there who don't know what a chief warrant officer for looks like. So it's great to have you on the show. And not not only not only are you do you have like this 23 year career and you're a chief warrant officer for, but you're also a, a recruiter, which we know right now is dealing with some interesting challenges across the board, but you recruit from a different pool of candidates. How do these challenges affect you and what you do? You are absolutely correct. Our mission is unique because we actually recruit in-service NCOs and soldiers who are already have, have already committed to the Army, but we're asking them to recommit in a different cohort which has the same challenges as attaining, because what we're trying to do is retain. So our most most challenge or our greatest challenge is convincing NCOs to do the work, to submit a packet, to become a warrant officer and commit to an additional six or 10 years. You know, and they have other things around them or competition around them, like civilian workforce. They have you know, the politics, they have all these other things that do challenge our ability to retain them. And that's what we have to do. We have to reach them in spite of all the other things that come around. So Chief Nettles, um, what are some of the differences you've seen coming in initially, you know, 20 plus years ago as a recruitee uh, versus what you see now as a recruiter? So the biggest difference between being a recruitee and being a recruiter is perspective. You know, when I was sitting on the other end of the table listening to my recruiter, I had I had no clue what they were talking about, no clue about the benefits, no clue about the experience, no clue about the job itself. So I am this fresh mind, you know, trying to figure out if I want to make this decision based on somebody else's perspective. So now put me on the other end of the table. I'm a senior warrant officer in the United States Army trying to convince the NCO to be a warrant officer from my perspective. You know, and I'm telling my story and I hope and I I pray that my story is diverse enough to capture their attention and to express all the benefits that come with it. And then also let them know that it's not a lifetime commitment. It's a term commitment that can also be advantageous to your future. So that's my answer is that perspective. And it's very much harder from from the recruiter perspective, but it was hard to make the decision when I was a recruitee. I think I think some that what you said about it not being a lifetime commitment, but I think what's brilliant is that it can be life changing at the same time while being a term commitment. I think that's something that young service members don't really understand. You know, they can have a, a wildly successful career as enlisted, but they could go on a completely different adventure as a warrant officer. And there's, right. you know, sorry, go ahead. You are absolutely correct. I will tell you this. 
warrant officers do have a, a, a greater benefit than NCOs when it comes to education and experience. Me personally, I have traveled to every continent because of our, me being a warrant officer in the field that I chose. Right. I've had opportunity to be in broadening assignments like today, although I'm a recruiter, I also get to work in the Pentagon where I can, you know, nest with senior warrant officers and senior leaders. Those are the opportunities that NCOs don't get, but the warrant officers get. Also, my education, I was able to get a master's degree. I'm certified beyond belief in electronic maintenance. NCOs have too much. It's very general for them. And although there are some great NCOs that do some great things and are able to handle all the responsibilities of being an NCO, but being a warrant officer, you can maintain that single track and become so deeply involved into your job that you are just marketable inside and outside of the Army. Yeah. So it's a more specialized career field. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I I mean, and, and listening to you, I, I can definitely... I kind of want to sign up to be a warrant officer right now, too. <laughs> you make it sound very appealing. And and honestly, like I said, as a young service member, warrant officers were always these these people who just knew the stuff, you know, anything you needed to know. They were if you could pin them down, they were the people to talk to, you know. So so let me ask, what are some ways you're finding success recruiting in the National Capital Region? So. What I do like about the National Capital Region, and I will include that since me, me and my NCO, Saran Casano, have been on this mission, that in-person interaction, that presence of us not trying to do things, you know, virtually, even though we had some restrictions, but going out to the units, that face-to-face, that one-on-one, not only doing briefings, but walking the walk, telling our story, in which I want to share my story of why I became a warrant officer based on the comment you just made. Um, I was in Fort Bend in Georgia. We were about to deploy to Iraq. This was a while back and I was an E5 and I was in Motopool at six o'clock in the morning and they needed a vehicle to become fully mission capable before they put it on the railhead to be flown into Iraq. So um, I was in there trying to fix it, trying to fix it. And I walked back to the Motopool and I tell my warrant officer, I said, chief, I can't fix this. I can't figure this out. Uh, Can you help me? And he said, okay, well, let me get myself settled and come back in about 20 minutes. I was livid. I was like, why won't he stop and help me right now? So I go back to the motor pool. I play with it for a little while. I come back in 30 minutes. When I came back, he gave me this little piece of paper that he ripped out of a book. and He said, try this. I looked at him and like, oh, my gosh, he did not take this seriously. But I go over there and I do every step that's on that piece of paper. And do you know, after being there for three hours and 30 minutes trying to figure it out, he was able to give me a small piece of paper with three steps on it. And I fixed it. At that moment, I realized that I want to be who my warrant officer is. I want to have the answers to the test, right? And it caused him to be present and to show me the the advantages of being a warrant officer and to show me what a warrant officer brings to the fight. And that's what we have to do in the National Capital Region. And we have so many installations in this area from Fort Belvoir all the way up to Delaware. And we can express our stories and me being with Saran Casano, the presence, the interaction, the in-person inter- interaction with the NCOs, I think that has been what has made us so successful because we have increased our assessment rate, like I think by 30% just in this last year. And I notice is that in-present or that in-person interaction with them and talking to them and the, and them seeing us do what we do, that is extremely important. So uh, Chief Nettles, what are some ways that your team is uh going forth and meeting your mission objectives with reaching out to you know young soldiers and getting them interested. So 
like I said before, we are doing more in-person interactions with units, not just having these installation briefings. We're actually doing a one-on-ones and we're taking full advantage of just having five people available or just three people available. We're not waiting for that mass reaction or response from people. If we have mm -hmm. two, we're going to brief the two. If we have five, we're going to brief the five. But I also have another advantage. I am the executive officer to the senior warrant officer advisor to the chief of staff of the Army. So I tell her, hey, chief, I would like to go to this installation or I would like to go to this unit. Could you come with me? And her telling her story as well has helped us out a lot in her talking our story and telling her telling people where we're at as she also engages with other units. So what we have used is all of our assets around us to open up our scope and to reach everyone that we can possibly reach. That's excellent. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, uh, Chief. I, you sound like one of those people where I want to get you on the show and just talk about your career in the in the military. It sounds like you've done amazing things and you've been amazing places and you enjoy what you do, which is wonderful to hear. It comes out in what you're talking about and what you're saying. For those who are not in the military, explain to us what a like in, in details, like a civilian or or a young service member who's never seen a chief before. Explain what a warrant officer is to for for some for somebody without knowledge of what a warrant officer is. All right, a warrant officer is a single track subject matter expert who is the forefront of any equipment, any process to make sure that that commander is advised knowledgeably on what to do and how to react. That warrant officer is invested into education and to experience and is a expert trainer to all NCOs and shoulders around them. If a if an officer or NCO wants to know the truth, no matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent, they go to that warrant officer. And that's what a warrant officer is. A warrant officer is a teacher, a coach, a trainer, a subject matter expert, an in-depth knowledgeable asset to the United States Army. Excellent. Excellent. So Chief, uh, this has been excellent. We really appreciate your time. I know we've had some complications with getting this to happen. <laughs> it's been it's been a, a wonderful adventure these last few weeks. Is there is there anything you'd like to end with, or is there any advice you'd like to give young service members who are thinking about maybe making the leap? Absolutely. Like I said, I'm from the National Capital Region, and I joined the military, and it wasn't about patriotism at first. It was about giving myself a opportunity beyond where I was at that time. So it gave, and it ended up with, I got great education, great experience, and I ended up gaining a patriotism for my country. And I love what I do every day. I get up every morning excited about what difference I can make. And for my NCOs, we understand that some MOSs are not gonna get you to Sergeant Major of the Army. If some MOSs are not gonna get you to Sergeant First Class. And we open up and offer our warrant officer MOSs to you who want to continue your career and want to progress, but just by pure numbers, you can't in your NCO field. That's the opportunity that being a warrant officer gives you. I was in the land compact electrical missile systems repair. The highest ranking person I saw in my, in my MOS was E7, but I loved it so much. And I wanted to get that in-depth knowledge. And I want, I saw things that, Hey, maybe we can do it this way. And I realized that being a warrant officer gave me the opportunity to make change and to continue service. So I took that opportunity because I understood that Sergeant Major is not for everybody. 
And that was where I went and look where I am now. And I'm so happy. And this was the best career decision I've ever made in my life. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as iTunes. We're also on divotub.net. If you search for it, need to classify.